Hey everybody, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. And I just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast today. I hope this message inspires you and encourages you. Enjoy today's message. Say amen when you get there. We'll begin reading at verse number three. Philippians 2 and 3. He says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in what, everybody? Humility. Humility. Value others above yourself. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. In your relationship with one another, have the same mindset as who, everybody? Christ Jesus. Who, being in the very nature of God, didn't consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man. He what, everybody? He humbled himself. By becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Would you do me a favor now? Would you just hold your hands out like this? Would you bow your heads and would you repeat this prayer after me? Dear God, I'm here today. I open my mind and my heart. Speak Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You may be seated, everybody. So good to see all of you today. You look so good. We're in a series called, we've been calling Forgiveness. And again, I've written a book. Uh, there's one on the table. I'd like to give you a copy if you're new here. And then I'd like to encourage you, make sure to give one. Somebody's asked me about giving one for Christmas gifts. You, and I'll be glad to sign those so we can work that out. You can talk to them at the table. We'll figure that out. But I just want to say, you know, we've said this, that forgiveness is not forgetting. If I could forget, I would not need to forgive. Amen, everybody? So what we're saying is this, is that if something happened five years ago, and you know, you thought about it yesterday, and you thought, well, I thought I forgave that, but I guess I didn't know you forgave it then, but you've got to forgive it again. Amen, everybody? So forgiveness is not a one-time shot. It's not a one-time thing. So we've, we've chose to, to get our definition, remembering that forgiveness is choosing to release the hurt, the anger, the disappointment, the resentment. Every time that we have that thought, we choose to release it. We're not holding on to it. And you know, there's someone in our church who we've been talking about forgiveness for several weeks. They wrote a poem, and I'd like for you to hear Tyranny's poem about forgiveness. Would you watch the screens? Hi, I'm Tyranny, and this is my poem on forgiveness. For so long, I asked God how to forgive, to let go of pain I could not so easily forget. The answer came a little at a time praying out loud and retraining my mind. He told me first to be thankful for the pain. As much as we need the sun, we also need the rain. Next, he said to love my enemies as myself, and I realized I did not know how to do either of those things. Then I found a truth, the pain they caused so deep and real, gave God a project, a shattered vessel only he could heal. So I'm thankful for the pain that leaves me clinging to his hand as he puts me back together and guides me to his promised land. As he leads, he's teaching secrets hidden in plain sight. 
that the darkness is vast and living, but cannot trump his light. My enemies are not flesh and bone, the bodies persecuting me. They're the demons standing over them, pulling all their strings. How can I be angry with someone so oppressed they cannot see, when not so long ago, that same prisoner was me? Amen, everybody. Isn't that awesome? Well, today as we begin, I want to talk to you about how to have a forgiving attitude. You got to get an attitude, everybody, of forgiveness. Amen? Amen. So we want to look at attitude as not got an attitude. No, we have an attitude of forgiveness. And so today as we begin to talk about that, what I want to tell you is this, is that what I've discovered in life is that many times when I want to when I want to start something new or stop something, I have to start something else new. And many people have experienced this, like, you know, many people say, you know, well, I stopped smoking, but I started chewing gum. You know, or I wanted to lose weight, so I started smoking. No, 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 no. <laughs> Someone told me that, and they said, no, 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 no. So I started exercising. I had to stop, so I stopped eating so much sweets, and I started exercising. And also, uh, you know, I wanted my life to get better, so I started, I stopped staying at home on Sunday mornings. I started to come to Stockbridge Community Church. Just checking, all right? Just checking. And because I do believe that, everybody, and hope many of you have experienced that, that if you'll give us one year of your life, it's amazing what God will do in your life. Amen? Amen. You can't just give us a couple times a year, like twice a year. We can't do it for you. You make that commitment. Amen? Amen. That's all right. I'm going I'm to preach anyways. <laughs> so I'm going to give you three things today that we want to, we, three things we want to stop and then three things we want to start. So at each one, I say, we'll stop this, we'll start that. But before I do that, I want to remind you of the three words that we've been saying throughout this entire series. And you remember what those words are? I choose forgiveness. I choose forgiveness. Next week's going to be pretty exciting. I hope you can make it next week as well. The first thing I would tell you is this. Number one, what we have to stop, we have to stop competing. If we're going to have a a forgiving attitude, we have to stop competing. And again, going back to God's Word, Philippians 2 and 3, he says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Now, what he's saying there is that, you know, Selfish ambition many times is proving that I'm better than you. And this starts many times from the times that we're children. We have this sibling rivalry. That is a good word for competing is rivalry. We have have this sibling rivalry. And we start competing with brothers and sisters. And sometimes, you know what's so sad is that sometimes it doesn't go away. I met people that, you know, they, they've been competing with each other all their lives, brothers and sisters, and, and then, they, then they say, you know, well, they have children, then they let their children compete. You know, my, my child's better at, at soccer than your child. You know, my, my child's better at football than your child. My child's better at, at ballet than your child. And this goes on and on and on. It doesn't stop. And what, what we learn is this, is we learn, to, we learn bad habits of competing with people that we're supposed to be on the same team with. Amen, everybody? Amen. It can even leak into marriage. Rhonda and I, we met in high school. And, you know, Rhonda was uh, Rhonda's smarter than I am. Everybody knows that. <laughs> okay, so everybody knows that. But when we was in high school, you know, she was on the honor roll. I was glad to be enrolled. <laughs> So I wasn't on honor roll all the time. 
And, and, but there began to be this sort of competing. We got married. And in our marriage, I've been very transparent about our marriage. The first 10 years were very, very rocky. And back then, we didn't, I didn't have a pastor that told me about counseling and getting help. No, it was like taboo if you did that. Like you didn't tell anybody. So I remembered about 10 years in our marriage, we were struggling, didn't know what to do. So we smuggled in some Christian uh, cassettes so that we could watch those together. We had to smuggle them in, not let anybody know. Company come over, we made sure to hide those things. We didn't want anybody to know that we was getting counseling. You know, it was taboo. It's like, oh, but now I'm like, I tell you very proudly, we got counseling. Amen, everybody? And you should get that if you need it. But we started watching these videos, and one of the things that I got from a guy by the name of Gary Smalley was this, is that he said, basically, if you want your relationship to get better, then you should, uh, men, you should help your wife around the house. I just thought I'd get amen out of this room right there by some ladies, but hey, okay, I guess it's different in your house. So I started, and you know what? It was begin competing. Man, I would get the vacuum cleaner. I'd vacuum the whole house, you know. I'd help. I'd mop all the floors, help do everything, wash the cars. And let me just tell you something. I would love to tell you that that made love grow in our house, but it didn't. Because I did it in order to say, look, I've done more than you. You owe me. You know what that's called? That's called vain conceit. And let me tell you something. Vain conceit will get you kicked in your seat. And so I just want you to know that this competitive enough stuff, it wasn't working if you do it with the wrong spirit and the wrong attitude. And so this competing and within our own homes, everybody, will bring, will bring an a, a, a unforgiving attitude. And so we have to begin to, to, to change that. And so instead of competing, what Rhonda and I had to learn to do was start completing each other. And that's the next one, is start completing you know what completing is? It's when you begin to give without, when you begin to give and receive with no strings attached. Amen, everybody? In other words, I'm going to do this for you because I just want to do it, not because, not you going to owe me. Amen, everybody? Amen. And even in, even in our own homes, it's amazing how we do a lot of trading. <laughs> trading. Keeping score. And that will destroy and that will create an unforgiving attitude. But completing each other creates an attitude of forgiveness, a, a forgiving attitude. And that's what Jesus said, you know, in Matthew uh, 10 and 8, Jesus said, freely, look at this, freely you have received. So what, everybody? Freely give, right? Freely give. And so until you learn to give freely, then, then you're never going to be free. You're always going to have an unforgiving attitude because you're going to keep keeping score and, and you can't be happy at Thanksgiving because you say, you know what? Well, they owe me. They owe me. And as long as you keep in score, that turkey gets tougher at Thanksgiving. <laughs> Amen? Because your brother and sisters that you haven't seen, they're grown now and you haven't seen them in probably six or eight months, your mind's still saying, they owe me. And when you have that mindset, it destroys a relationship. Especially, let me just say this to you. God gives freely. And I just want to tell you that you can never, ever have life without Jesus Christ. You'll never have real life without Jesus Christ. You certainly won't have eternal life without Jesus Christ. There was a guy who wrote a song, uh, or sung a song. His name is Austin French, and I wrote this down. He had these lyrics that said, 
I can never be free without you, and I can never be me without you. And that is so true. Is that so many people are trying to be somebody in this world, and they're going all about it the wrong way. Listen, don't worry about trying to be somebody. Receive somebody. Amen? Receive Jesus Christ in your heart, and he will help you be the person that you need to be. You will never be the person that you desire to be without Jesus Christ in your life. You was created by God and for God, and without God, it doesn't work. Amen, everybody. And too many people are keeping score with God. Saying, well, I prayed this prayer one time and then nothing ever happened. And so, God, you owe me. I did this good deed. See, we think we do one good deed. God should do something great for us. He blesses our life when we do good. But let me tell you something. It's not about keeping score. Amen, everybody? And that's why unforgiveness toward God begins to grow. Because we're keeping score. So today, I want to give you an opportunity. If you're not a Christ follower today, I want, to invite you to invite, I want to invite you to invite Christ into your heart. And you may not understand. You say, Jeff, I don't understand what that means. Let me tell you something. You may not understand it. Neither did I when I was a 15-year-old boy. But all I'm telling you is I prayed that prayer not even knowing what I was saying. But something happened on the inside of me. And I want the, I want the same for you. I don't want you to go through this holiday season without Jesus Christ. Would you bow your heads with me, everybody? Today, if you'd like to receive Christ online or in this room, I'm going to ask you to bow your heads, and I'm going to ask you to repeat this prayer. You don't have to say it out loud, but we in the room are going to say it out loud because we want to support you. So let's do it. Dear God, thank you for sending Jesus. Jesus, Come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. Help me. Save me. Let me do your will. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Can we give God a hand for all the people that just prayed that prayer online and in the room? By the way, we've had over 650 people this year pray that prayer at Stockbridge Community. Amen, everybody? If you prayed that prayer, we want you to check on the back of this card. Those of you online as well, you've got our app. You can do this. Check it on this card. Did you pray the prayer to become a Christ follower so we can pray for you? And also, I want to send you something in the mail that will help you on your spiritual journey. And you see, this is the first step. The prayer and checking it on the card. And the second step is baptism. I'd love for you to see you get in that water because there's something in that water. Amen, everybody? Amen. It's obedience when we do that. Okay, remember our three words that we're saying, everybody? Let's say them again. I choose forgiveness. I choose forgiveness. The second thing I want to tell you is this, is that if we want to, we want to have a, a forgiving attitude, number two is stop criticizing. Woo-wee! Stop criticizing. Here it goes. Again, back to the Scripture. Do nothing out of selfish amb- ambition or vain conceit, but in what, everybody? Humility. Consider others better than yourself. You see, pride is the opposite of humility. Pride, what pride does is that pride always wants to be noticed. And when we see somebody that we feel like may be doing a little bit better than us, some ways we try to make our, ourselves feel better is we try to pull them down. 
We try to, we, by criticizing them, we, we, it's somehow that we feel like we feel better about ourselves when we're tearing somebody else down. But let me just tell you something. If you're criticizing somebody, I want you to know something. That means that they're here and you're here. What it means is, is that you're lower than they are, and it takes a low-down person to pull somebody down. Because you have to be lower than somebody to pull them down, amen? amen? So the next time you start to criticize somebody, you just remember, I'm being a low-down person when you do that. And some of you, the best thing that could happen if you got your thumbs amputated. <laughs> amen, everybody? Amen. Social media. You got something to say about everything. Let me tell you something. Why don't you just quit letting your thumbs do the walking? Amen? Amen? Don't let them do the talking anymore. And before you criticize anybody, it doesn't matter if you don't, if you don't agree with them or not, or, or it doesn't matter who they are, just try to stop criticizing. Watch what God will do in your life. Amen? Amen? See, there's a difference between constructive criticism. Constructive criticism means that you look at a person face to face. Amen? Listen, let me tell you, it's hard to do constructive criticism online in a text message email. Amen. I don't like emailing people because people read it the wrong way. Even my own kids, they, they send me a, a, a text message or an email. Sometimes I'm like, I'm, uh, 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 I'm calling you because you'll read this the wrong way. It happens to me so many times in the past. That's why like, if you email me, you get a short answer. It ain't because I'm trying to be short with you. It's just because I don't want you to misread what I got to say. You can't see my expressions, and you're going to read it by the tone that you hear in your head. So I, there's no need me doing that. Amen, everybody? Amen. And, if you, and if, you're sending me a, if you're sending me an email that's pretty hot, you know, and I respond, you're going to see me going, well, let me tell you something. <laughs> right? I think I hurt my neck, man. <laughs> Did you guys hear it pop? I think it popped back there. Got to go to the chiropractor now. You know, and so the next thing that happens with criticism is begin, we begin this uh, nagging and criticizing. And, you know, criticism is, is gone now. It's, it's shoot us in video games and everything else. I didn't know this until I took one of our staff kids to Dave and Buster's. And, you know, I was like, you know, they're a little kid, and I just wanted to show them this football game. You see the picture there. And so what I was going to do, you know, I always wanted to be the quarterback, so I was going to show them how to do that. Well, those holes right there are smaller than they appear on the screen. <laughs> and so I'm just wailing at them. You know, I'm just throwing as fast as I can. And needless to say, they're not going in the hole. They're bouncing back. And finally, the machine says this. It's, it just stopped. And it comes to the loudspeaker and says, well, I guess this game's in the hands of the defense. <laughs> Little old Drew said, PJ, you didn't do too good. I wonder if he figured out on his own of that stupid machine. <laughs> criticism. And so criticism has a, has a cousin. It's called nagging. And let me tell you how you know you nag. It's when you start with these words. You don't ever. Are you always? You don't ever. Are you always? Are two signs that you're criticizing. The Bible says in this verse, it said, in humility... Consider others better than yourself. You know, I wrote down this definition of humility. Humility is, is having the power to get what you want, but instead of using your power to get what you want, you use your power to help other people get what they need. Amen. See what I'm talking about? You got, 
You say, well, I don't have power. Oh, yes, you do. You got words, don't you? Those words are power. Instead of using your power, not just your words, but everything you have to get what you want, because I'm going to get what I want, is laying that down in order to give other people what they need. The greatest example of this is Jesus Christ. When he was going to the cross, on his way to the cross, it's amazing how that we see him carrying his cross. And he had the power, everybody. He had the power to be able to stop everything. But he laid down his power. The Bible says it this way. Look in Matthew, it says this. In Matthew 26, it says, Do you think I cannot call on my Father, and he will at once put at my disposal more than how many, everybody? Twelve legions of angels. That's Jesus speaking. And what he was saying was that, I've got the power. When he was walking with the cross, he had the power. He could call the 12 legions. You know what a legion was in the Roman army? It was 6,000 of the most trained soldiers. And Jesus said, I could call to my father right now. He'd send 12,000 angels. Or he wouldn't send 12, he'd send 72,000. 272,000 angels right now to rescue me. And so he laid down his power, carried that cross, and they beat him, and they, they put thorns on his head. They did all these cruel things. They spit on him and everything else. And he had the power to stop right there and say, oh, no, you didn't. And he could call to the Father, and he could have wiped everybody out that was hurting him. But he laid down because he used his power. And he laid down what he wanted in order to use his power to give us what we needed. Amen, everybody? You and I couldn't save ourselves. You and I couldn't do that. But it was through the blood of Jesus Christ and his willingness to lay down his power and to lay down his sonship and to lay down all of his authority in order that he might die on the cross for your sin and 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 your sin that you might live. And I just want to tell you, if you want to be like Jesus, we're going to lay down some power to get what we want in order to show power to help people get what they need. Amen, everybody. We're going to do it. So the start is this, is start complimenting. Start complimenting. Stop nagging and start bragging. woo <laughs> If some of you get that right there, your, your home's going to change. I, listen, I have never seen anybody changed by someone nagging. Never. Seen them get mad because of people nagging. Look what the Bible says in Romans 15 and 2. We should help others do what is right and what, everybody? Build them up in the Lord. You know how you do that? <laughs> the way you build someone up in the Lord, you do it publicly and privately. And that is this, as you brag on them in front of God. Let me show you how that works. I don't know when you do family prayer, I hope that you do it. Because the family that pray together stay together. Is it maybe the next time that you have a meal? Hopefully you'll pray around. Oh, thank God for your meal. But this is what it would be like to build someone up in, in the Lord. As you say, we're going to have a family appeal. Instead of saying, little Johnny, would you say the blessing? God is great. God is good. Let us thank him for our food. By his hand we are fed. Thank you, Lord, for our daily bread. Amen. You go, Jesus. <laughs> Why don't you put some heart into it? 
I think that's cute for kids. I think, I'm not knocking that, but I'm just saying they need to know the heart. And they need to hear daddy and mama. Wouldn't it be great to sit around the table and dad say, let's pray. And dad would say, God, today I just want to thank you for little Johnny. He's a blessing to our family. God, thank you that he was born. Lord, he, he picks his toys up when mom asks him to. Thank you, Lord, most of the time. <laughs> thank you for that. God, thank you that, that he's respectful to us. And Lord, for Lisa, his older sister, God, thank you that, that she helps take care of little Johnny. And around here, oh God, she helps us and she's respectful most of the time. Thank you, Lord, for her. And I just thank you, God, because she was born and she just makes our family better. And I just thank you for that. And Lord, for my wife, I just want to say thank you for her. Lord, she's, a, she's such a beautiful person. And Lord, she helps so many people. And our family wouldn't be the same without her, God. Our home would be lost without mom. And I just want you to, Lord, thank you for her. In Jesus' name, amen. How would that change your home? I've been telling you something for 15 years, and I'm not going to stop saying it until you start doing it. Every night, Rhonda and I pray together. Not a long prayer. Because when I said, Rhonda, you want to pray together? She said, Jeff, I will pray with you, but I ain't praying no 30-minute prayer. <laughs> and you ain't either, because I'm going to sleep. So we would, uh, every night, for the last 15 to 20 years, we'll get in the bed and we'll take hands. I can tell you what her prayer is going to be tonight because it was, it was the same last night and the night before. She's going to say this. God, thank you for Jeff. He's a good man. And he loves me. And he loves our children. He's a good pastor. He loves his people. And I just thank you for him. Give him what he needs, Lord. I had no choice but to be a good man this morning. Because the first thing I heard in my mind when I got up this morning, the last thing she said, he's a good man. So this morning when I got up and I started to nag about something, all those words come, God, thank you, Jeff's a good man. <laughs> so a good man wouldn't take her out wouldn't take her out with his tongue. That's how you make a change, everybody. So I have a next step for you. Here it is. I will do my best to start complimenting others in front of God. Why don't you try that? Why don't you do it? And watch what God will do. Okay, number three is this. The third thing I would share with you is this, is stop fighting for your right in your family. Let me tell you something. If you've got to keep telling people that you're the boss, you're not the boss. <laughs> if you've got to keep telling, I'm in charge in this house. If you've got to keep saying that, you're not in charge. Amen, everybody? Look what the Bible says. Your attitude should be the kind that was shown us by Jesus Christ, who though he was... Though, who, though he was God, did not demand, and what, everybody? Cling to his 
as God. He did it. You know what that means is this. In our homes, if we want to get better and we want to have a, a, a forgiving attitude, that means we've got to raise the bar on what it takes to offend us. Too many people walking around pre-offended. You ain't got to say anything. They're already mad. It just come out on you, right? So we've got to raise the bar. What does it take to offend me? Listen, let me tell you something. I know he's been leaving his drawers on the floor. I know it. And you've been talking about it for 10 years, and you're getting mad about it. It hasn't changed. Just let them pile up or something. I don't know. I guess when they start walking by themselves, they'll get them what I don't know. <laughs> Just raise the bar. Are you easily offended? Raise the bar. This sure does help me with road rage, I can tell you that. Over the last couple of years, or last year especially, I've just been like, you know, usually when someone cuts me off in traffic, I'm like, mm-hmm, I got you. I got you. That's why I drive a big truck, so I can get you. But now, you know what? Because I've been trying to practice what we're talking about. I'm like, you know, I wonder what's really going on in their life that they're having to do all this. God help them. And then we've got to lower the bar on what it takes for us to forgive people. Amen? Amen? Lower the bar. Look at the last verse here. Philippians 2 and 7. Instead of this, of his own free will, he what, everybody? He gave up. He gave up all he had and took the nature of a what, everybody? A servant. He became like a human being, appeared in human likeness. Here's what I want to tell you. In your relationships, sometimes you've got to give up in order to go up. That's the way it is in life. You know, as a pastor of this church, I can't do the things that I did when I was a teenager. You wouldn't come. Amen, everybody? You wouldn't come. You wouldn't want to go hear nobody like that. But as we go up, we have to give up. That's the way it works in life. But it's once you begin to release those things that you go up, you can begin to see life at a whole nother level. And it changes you. This morning we want to partake in Holy Communion. So the last thing is this. Is start remembering Jesus. <clears throat> start remembering Jesus. We've got to remember the price he paid. I want to show you this picture. Never forget this picture. That picture right there can get very old to us and very familiar. And it doesn't move us anymore, but Jesus knew it would happen. That's why I said, I want you to do something in remembrance of me. You've got to remember, he paid the price for you. You would be on your way to a devil's hell right now if it wasn't for Jesus. He come and paid your price. Would you stand with me now? Everybody, you have your communion cup. If you just take it, turn that cup upside down, there's a little tab. If you'll pull it back, there's a little wafer in there. This is called Holy Communion.
the Lord's Supper. And Jesus said, I want you to do this and remember some me. So just a moment. When I tell you to, we're going to take the bread and we're going to, we're going to chew the bread and we're going to remember it was his body broken for us. Right now, would you take the wafer and let's do that. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We remember you. That you have a forgiving attitude. Thank you for that. Would you take the cup now and turn it back over? And there's juice in here. And this is symbolic of Jesus' blood. And he said, when you drink the blood, you're gonna you know, drink the blood. You can drink the juice, you're gonna remember my blood that was shed for you for the forgiveness of your sins. So right now, would you take the juice and remember the Lord's? blood that was poured out for us. Dear God, we thank you today. Lord, that we're forgiven people. And Lord, it's forgiven people that can forgive people. Because you forgave us, oh God, we we forgive others. And Lord, we release those feelings of hurt and resentment, oh God, that we've been holding on to. And it's darkened our heart. And we're reminded today, Jesus, of what you did for us. While we were sinners, you still died for us. And we say thank you today. In Jesus' name. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net. And click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.